Bonjour, I'm Valérie Jardin, the host of Street Focus, and you're listening to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the Cashfly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with Cashfly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com and use the promo code TWIP. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by the brand new TWIP School. You can check it out at school.thisweekinphoto.com. Hey folks, coming up this November 27th through December 10th, I'll be taking a small group of 6 to 11 people on an exclusive 14-day photography adventure through the wonderful country of Vietnam in Southeast Asia. This trip will have a strong emphasis on the Vietnamese culture and will be photographing all the way. Oh, and as a bonus, you can help me celebrate my birthday, which is November 28th, in Hanoi. Get the full details and sign up at twip.pro slash Vietnam 2016. That's twip.pro slash Vietnam 2016. This is Twip, episode 470, Virtually Facebook. Facebook puts its considerable weight behind the 360 movement by adding support for panable panoramic photos directly into users' timelines. This means the audience size for photographers looking to create this type of imagery has just increased by about 1.6 billion people. Also, Apple shocks the photography world with the introduction of raw DNG support in its upcoming iOS 10 operating system. Could this mark the beginning of professional iOS-based photography and another nail in the coffin? for point-and-shoot style single-purpose cameras. It's Monday, June 20th, 2016, and this is Twip. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me today on the show are Mr. Juan Pons and Mr. Mike, a.k.a. Sharky James, from the Petapixel Photography Podcast, joining us to talk about a bunch of cool stuff. Hey, gentlemen, welcome to the show. How you doing, guys? How you doing, Frederick? Hey, Juan, I'm- how you doing? I'm I'm doing good. I, you know what? I want to I want to brag about something. So, uh, are you doing some humble bragging now? What What are you doing? No, this is not even humble. This, this is, is just bragging. <laughs> old school. Old wait, 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 what's bragging. the whole point of bragging if you're going to be humble? Come on. I was saying, like a humble brag would be if you like you know weave it into two self deprecating statements. This is like fully non self deprecating. Check out my lower third for the folks that are watching this video. Look at this lower third. Look at this. Boom. Boom. Nice. Look at that. CNN.com. Here we go. Okay, so, yeah, full disclaimer. Anderson Cooper, sorry, man. I stole this. (laughs) (laughs) From It was perfect. Why reinvent the wheel if they already... (laughs) No one's watching CNN anyhow, so it's okay. Right, yeah. They won't even know you. No one watches that rag. Nope. Um, But welcome, guys. Welcome to the show. It's good to have both of you guys on. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. All right, Juan, let's start with you. So what's uh, what's happening in your world? You're always back from someplace exotic. What, what was the last thing we need to be jealous of? <laughs> well, no, actually, you know, I'm on summer hiatus. I actually take the summer off to spend it with my son. His last day of school was last week. So he and I are hanging out. Uh, we just came back, actually, from our um, camp in uh, Lakefront property. That I bring my camper out, and we hang out there for a little while. We came nice. back just to be on TWIP. No, I'm just kidding. We did not come back just to be on TWIP. That would be okay. pretty sad. But we're actually heading out to um, PEI, Nova Scotia, and all sorts of cool places. We always do a, a really long uh, summer trip, the two of us. So uh, it'll be fun. That's cool. So how, how was your Father's Day? 
Oh, it was great. You know, we were just hanging out of the water. I was sailing and, uh, you know, swimming. Couldn't be any better. Your life sucks, man. I, mean, I know. <laughs> I work hard at having fun, man. Can you stop being with the with the humble bragging thing? Come on, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, what's the whole point of bragging if you're going to be humble about it? Exactly. Thank you. See, Mike, if you're going to brag, just like right. own it and just go Do like it. like some of our, you know, like, you know, political candidates. Just go for it. No, 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 no. Do not go that far, please. Which one would that be, Frederick? <laughs> they all brag. Come on. I'm just saying. If you're going to brag, if you're going to brag, own it. Just own the bragging, you know? Come on. Exactly. So, Mike, what's going on with you, man? Petapixel still crushing it over there? Still crushing it, doing good things over there, having fun. Unlike Juan, I don't get out like he does. I'm here in the (laughs) podcast cave every once in a while. They throw me a steak or something. Or, you know, yesterday was, uh, as we record this, yesterday was Father's Day. So I did did a little bit of yard work. That's how I relax from (laughs) podcasting, right? Oh, my God. (laughs) Every once in a while, I make it out to Meridian, which is the next town over from Boise. So... You know, oh, you're I, just like you're just letting your hair down now, aren't you? Look I, at you. <laughs> I bring a, I bring a canteen. I'm all ready to go. Wow, look at that! Look at that! Cutting up. What is it called? Meridian. Meridian, Idaho. Next town over. <laughs> wow. Hey, I know, Idaho is a beautiful state. It, it is. Really is. I want to go there. I mean, the the rock formations and all that. I mean, how can oh, you not? Like I said state. on a past show, all you know about Idaho really is potatoes. There is no number two after that. Yeah. What Idaho Falls. Name? Idaho Falls. What do you mean? Idaho Falls is beautiful. There you go. Three people can name that pond, and you're one of them. <laughs> 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 Landscape photographers. Aside from that, no one's heard anything else. The license plates say "Famous Potatoes." They don't say yeah. Idaho. Come for you the know, falls. Hey, Mike, hey. You are not doing. The tourism board's watching this, and they're like, "Come on, man." <laughs> hey, we want everyone to stay away. It's great the way it is. Don't come to Idaho. <laughs> Are no, you building everyone. a wall? Is that what you're saying? You're going to build oh, a wall? There you go with this wall nonsense again. <laughs> I did that for you. There goes <laughs> half the American audience. Exactly. <laughs> no, come to Idaho. It's great. Boise is amazing. It really is an amazing town. You wouldn't yeah. think it was. You know, you don't hear about Boise. For it's a, a hidden, hidden gem. It really, and in the gem state, it is That's a hidden cool. gem. That's cool. Come to boys. All right, guys. Let's let's dive into the show. Um, story number one is about Facebook and VR. So Facebook has I don't know if they quietly introduced this, but they rolled out support for 360 degree photos. You know, or panoramics being able to kind of spin around a panorama right in the Facebook streams. And you know, this is this is actually really cool. And a lot of people, especially people that are getting into this VR stuff and 360 video and photosphere world are looking at this as, okay, Facebook with the giant audience that they have that's growing every day somehow magically because there's still people left that don't use Facebook. But they're by them giving it a nod, it's legitimizing the space and should help to push it further and make it explode. Juan Pons, you, you saw this. What, what, what do you think of this, the Facebook bringing VR to the masses? Do you care about VR at all? Or, and I don't know, we talked about this before you answer. We talked about the whole idea of VR video versus 360 versus all. It's all confusing. What Facebook did was they added 360-degree photos, meaning you can pan around a still photo. This isn't video yet. This is 360-degree photography. So on that, what do you think, Juan? 
Well, you know, it's kind of funny. I, when I first saw this showing up on Facebook, and it's exploding all over Facebook, right? You're starting to see all these images. I've been seeing p- images of people's bathrooms on 360. Yeah. It's like, this is way too much information. But, the, you know, it's kind of funny because the way I thought about it is like, welcome to Apple 1980. Remember QuickTime yeah. VR? QuickTime VR, this. baby. Yep. We've had this forever. Facebook is now catching up to this, and they spent two point four billion dollars. Hopefully, that's not all that the two point four billion dollar uh, got them on that deal. But it, it is pretty cool, though. I can see it really uh, uh, expanding some of the images that you're able to put up there. I, I do a lot of panoramas, for example. Um, being able to put these up there is kind of cool. The one disappointment that I had was I it was it wasn't clear to me how to upload these things. There wasn't. There didn't seem to be a lot of PR as to how to actually do these, how to you know how to actually upload them. I had to kind of dig and look at some posts by some people. Apparently, you just upload a you know kind of a, a panoramic file and it converts it into a 360 for you automatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for that for that two billion dollars, they better have been able to put some <laughs> some smarts in there that says, "Hey, if the image is longer than this, then it's probably a panorama." Hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe I, I think I got something to sell to Facebook. Yeah. I, I, I only ask a hundred million, not two point four billion. Yeah, yeah. Hold your breath for that. Hold your breath. Right. For <laughs> I'm excited though. I mean, this is cool. This is like I'm I'm a big fan of the whole multimediaography, doing different things, and you know, we have screens now, so. Why not use them and use the the horsepower that are in these devices and in our computers to do some cool stuff like this? Mike Sharky James, man, what do you, what do you think of this? Is this did this excite you, or were you like, oh, really? Something else? Well, it, <laughs> there's only so many things I can keep track of, Frederick. Like whether or not it's Fred, I only have Freddy so many cores. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is this just uh, 360 degree photos for now, or video too? Yeah. Just yeah. photos. My understanding is it's photos right now. It's 360 degree photos. So eventually it's going to be video as well, you would assume, right? And do um, people do people want to, you know, tap and drag and move around a photo? How you know, how often are you going to do that really with your photos? Well, actually, like, what, yeah, what kind cool- of content is it going to be that's going to be so compelling that you're going to want to look around? All right. Well, well, let me let me re- let me let me reset this. So I'm reading through this thing now. As I probably should have. Uh, <laughs> Way to go, Frederick. You're looking in the kimono right now. Come on. One of the cool hey. things, though, before you, you, you go reading this, one of the cool things, that actually the way I, I discovered it was that if you look at Facebook on your phone, you yeah. actually can just move your phone and that's how you pan around. You don't have to right. click and drag with your mouse. Right, which is how YouTube has been like that forever. Right. It's, it's kind of neat. I mean, it, you know, I, I think it's kind of... Cool. I just, you know, I, I'm just waiting to see what's going to happen. You know, just like you know, when remember when uh, uh, all of a sudden we all had all these fonts that we could we could create kind of you know cool things with, and all of a sudden people were using ten different fonts on one particular flyer or document. Yes. We're kind of at that stage now with the 360 stuff. Using like kind of- Sharky James' favorite <laughs> font, Comic Sans. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, anything but brush script. I hate that thing with a passion. It's brush or- oh, hey, it's Futura. Horrible. Futura extra yeah. bold right you know there, just because you can doesn't yes. mean you should as they say right that's true so, jeff goldblum in <laughs> jurassic park one said that yes. right and, nice. and, and going back to that picture of the 360 panorama of someone's bathroom that was way too much information please yeah. people do not upload images like that yeah well uh, well let me let me read this real quick so right. 
this is this is a quote. And by the way, this story came to us from CBS Philly. So Facebook is heavily. This is from Silvana Mam. She's the president of Greenfish Labs, a content creation company in Philadelphia that focuses on virtual reality. She said, Facebook is heavily invested in the Oculus technology, which is the proprietary software that allows consumers to experience 360-degree or VR 360-degree video on their smartphone and through head-mounted devices, she says. Facebook bought Oculus for $2.4 billion, with a B, about two and a half years ago, and they are now pushing 360-degree video and 360-degree photos on the Facebook platform, and this is all directed at someday getting viewers to spend money on the Oculus Rift thingamajigger. Okay. So, so, it so is video and stills. Video. Yeah. All right. So, so did I you... haven't seen any videos online yet. I've only I... seen stills. Same here. Now, did you guys see the video that SpaceX put out of the rocket landing on the barge. Oh, my God. I, I think I oh watched it. God. I'm responsible for about 100 of their views. So. Yes. <laughs> now, before I saw that, I really didn't get the 360-degree thing. But yeah. that is amazing. I mean, you could look at it actually landing. So you could have it trained on the launch pad and see it come down. And then you're like, okay, you know, I want to see this thing actually coming out of the sky and watch it as it comes down. Right. And that is, yeah. that's really cool. But, you know, is this going to explode? Uh, the... The technology, not the rocket. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Elon. <laughs> knock, on, knock on wood. <laughs> I'm, I'm here all week. But, uh, you know, is how much hard drive... We've talked about this before. We, on, on a previous TWIP that I was on, how much hard drive space are you going to need? What kind of camera are you going to need? And is it going to be like GoPro where you're going to buy whatever you're going to need to do this or use your phone and then just not do it again? I don't know. I mean, that, that argument sounds suspiciously like the arguments I think they probably had when, when Henry Ford came out with the Model T. <laughs> it's probably like, like, come on, really? You got to put gas in this thing. It can break down. All I got to do is feed my horse, and it's fine. You know, I got a perfectly you know, good horse. I got a perfectly good horse. Why do I want that contraption? Hey, Phil, Nelly, Frank, I like having AD. Mike here because he's definitely a bigger commodion than I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you listen to the I show. I think we're all commodions. <laughs> You guys are curmudgeons, and I am the catalyst to the curmudgeons. I am the devil's advocate. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. But I don't know. 360-degree video, like, the, like the, the, the SpaceX landing, fantastic use of it, obviously. But I also saw, I mean, if you just go on YouTube and search for 360 video, you'll mm-hmm. see tons of examples. I've, I've been in the back of fighter planes looking around. I've been in the back of fighter planes like the, like the Blue Angels as they perform maneuvers to see what that feels like i've been on stage with um the performers of the lion king in vegas like standing there as they're holding up the little you know simba as all of that <laughs> so i've been everywhere man <laughs> hakuna matata god bless you, yeah. Thank uh, you. There you so go. hakuna matata <laughs> Who are the content creators then for this? Is it going to be a small group of you know people with the money to do this really well, or is it going to be people? And you know how hard it doesn't is cost to anything, light... Mike. Mike well, doesn't cost anything. No, no. I'm ta- but as far as doing it well, though, I mean, it, to light yeah. a scene, to do a proper portrait or photo, you have to have your lighting down. Now you got to worry about what's above you, what's below, how yes. you know the thing behind you is lit. Again, you know, so who's again, creating the content? Still, again, the still photography transition to video. Oh, man, with a still photo, I just have one frame to think about. Now you're telling me i got to think about 30 in a second, you know? <laughs> so you're telling me I'm too old, even though you're older than me. And, I'm t- yes, and I'm, I'm telling like, you, so hey, respect you my authority. My lawn, right? <laughs> <laughs> you have to respect me. I'm older than you. No, but things like the, like the um, uh, what is it? 
the uh, the Theta S that I have back there, you know, from Rico. That is a, by all accounts, a consumer grade point and shoot level. 360 degree video and still camera that does an okay job. It's better on stills than it does on video, but it still exposes you to this. And I can take a file from that and drop it on Facebook and I'm good to go. If obviously if I want to crank it up a level and do some, you know, you know, Sharky James level work there, I'm going to have to have Sharky James level budget to buy the gear to do that. But you can buy like Alex Lindsay has one of these cameras I forget the name of it, but it is in the six figures. I mean, it's ridiculous. That that's thing the one is that's not... 60 grand you were talking about recently. Yeah, 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 and that one, so that'd be five figures. That one is not in the five-figure range. It's in a couple yeah. hundred dollar range, but so, it's the same principle. How big are these files that come out of the, like the Theta S, for instance? If someone wants to put, and how, is there a limitation to how long you can put the clips on Facebook? I don't know. That's a good question. Well, the files are you know, obviously going to be dependent on how, how long the video is. Um, but the uh, the still files aren't that much bigger. I mean, literally, it's two shots, right? It's two yeah. JPEGs. It's a spherical, two two hemispheres put together to make a bubble, and you upload it. So I mean, I think at the end of the day, this is going to be a an experience kind of you know uh, a product, and you go to a particular place and experience this whole uh, immersive you know, uh, 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 experience with the Oculus Rift big goggles on, you know, with your VR gloves on, kind of like lawnmower man type mm-hmm. type situation. I don't think it's really going to be an everyday kind of, you know, situation where I'm going to be going out and taking 360 pictures or 360 videos. I mean, it's got, you know, think about right now, what was the, the what was it, last Christmas or the Christmas before, the hottest thing in the market was what, the, the 3D TVs. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was three years ago, yeah. Right, and where are we with 3D TVs nowadays? Do you oh, even yeah. hear about them? Do you see any no. any content being produced in 3D? No, no. Not really. Bad. So are we going to no. be in the same situation here? I hope not, because I think this is kind of cool like you. So. I think this is different in a lot of ways. I think, I think if we look at it, if we look at this technology from the standpoint of not being the beginning of the journey, but the the end of the journey. So one of the talks that I just gave in Palo Alto, like Keeble and Sheket, we were talking about the, the main theme of my talk was instead of being a scavenger and going out with your camera like you're a, a beachcomber looking for nuggets, you know, great photos on a beach, and, you know, you find one, you're like, oh, I got one. Why not instead begin with the end in mind and say – hey, here's an idea. Oh, I saw this shot on this movie or TV or whatever, and I want to try to recreate that. Then you reverse engineer your idea and say, okay, in order for me to create this idea, I need to, this would be best realized in 360, so I need to figure that out. Or this would be best realized in whatever. You know, Then you, you find the tools and assemble the Avengers to make that thing happen rather than saying, oh, Hey, I heard about this 360 thing. What can I do that's 360? You know, it's so, the reverse. So there's going to be a lot of great, well thought out, considered content out there, and then there's going to be a whole lot of bathroom shots, like like Juan yeah. was talking about, right? Yeah. And so I guess you're going to decide whether or not you know you want to see that stuff in your feed, and you know, so this is going to be in your browser and on your phone. You don't necessarily have to put on 3D goggles and true all that. So you know they're doing it. They've got it obviously. If everyone had to buy you know, a $300 goggle set or whatever to be able to see this, it wouldn't take off. And we talked about that in TWIP, uh, I think it was episode 460. Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to come home? How long are you going to spend with one of these headsets on? It's not going to be a whole lot of time. So they've got it in the browser 
And, you know, just like we watched that SpaceX thing land, it was great. It worked fine. I didn't feel like I needed to have some kind of headset on, you know, and, the, and I think it's, I think that would have been cool, though. We're talking about different modalities of, of approaching similar data, right? So yeah. there's that two-dimensional where you're just sitting in front of your computer and someone presents you with kind of an immersive experience within the context of a story or of your browser. <clears throat> and you can go in and move around in there interactively and see it. But there's also the idea of creating fully immersive experiences like with Google Cardboard back there where you put this on and you kind of feel like you're more in the scene. And then, then you know, it gets deeper from there where the the experiences get more and more immersive with the lowest common denominator of all this being just what we see on Facebook today. So I wonder if you're going to be able to plug in a headset then and instead of looking at it in your browser, you can go into headset mode and be able to do that, like we said, you know, look around and see the, the ship landing and you can right now. That. You can right now. You if can you do that, yeah. On the on, if you look up 360 videos on YouTube, they quietly rolled this out about two weeks ago. I think it was. Oh, okay. But um, on YouTube right now, if you look up a 360 video, you can view that video in place on your screen mm. with your just dragging around with your mouse, or you can put put on Google Cardboard or whatever VR viewer you have mm. and physically look around in the 3D space right now. Cool. That's today. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. And but the, we were, and we were the spec. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, we were talking about it as it relates to, to Facebook, though. Can you do that today in Facebook? Oh, I don't know. That's got to be know. coming. Uh, yeah, I would, uh, I would assume. Hopefully, they'll, they'll, there's parity there, but, you know, yeah. who knows? So multiple knows? ways to consume the same content. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't like you know, it. When, you, when we watch video, right, one of the things that uh, when you have the third grade content, a lot of times you've got to wade through a lot of the crappy content before you get to the interesting part of, of a particular scene or, or, or video that you're watching. You know, uh, content that's been produced, you know, you, you kind of know, like, for example, you guys were talking about the, the, um, the rocket coming in to land. You yeah. know that, that money shot's coming and you know where it is. Now, when you're watching video, a lot of times you got to, like, fast forward through it. Now, not only do you have to fast forward through it, but you got to look around 360 degrees to find the money shot. Exactly. That's, but the gonna, spec, that's the, really difficult, The spec I that think. Google wrote, so Google wrote a spec around all this, and part of that spec, it's got a bunch of stuff that, that I don't, and honestly, I don't know if Facebook has implemented based on that spec. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. But the spec that, that Google wrote allows for all that stuff. For, for example, you can create, you know, video is a linear experience, right? So right. say you have a 60-second or, let's say, five-minute video, and it meanders. It says you want meandering along that, that beach where you guys were hanging out, and you're looking around and all that. You can specify within the spec where the camera is looking at any given time and kind of, you know, be the camera operator and interpolate progr- programmatically through that journey. So you can then, force the view for the user? Exactly. Can, but okay. at any point, the viewer can take over and say, no, I don't want to look over there. I want to look over there. But then if they release the controls for a given amount of time, it goes back to the track. Okay. So, yeah. So they, they kind of solved that. Cool. Good, good, good. I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know as much about VR as I thought I did. Yeah. I, and I know more than I thought I did. So. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you're talking like I'm intelligent oh, or something. <laughs> you've had time to put the drone down and play with this. Hey, I'm flying that drone in Chicago for out of Chicago in a couple of days. So we'll Great. see. Cool. It'll, it'll get shot out of the sky. <laughs> the way there things no are guns. guns. There no dra- guns in Chicago. That's you. What are you talking yeah. about? Or they're going to snag it. Yeah, there's that. Hey, that's my hometown, man. If I can't get away flying a drone over Lake Michigan, then you know, come on. Oh, Lake Michigan. There you go. Yeah, I'm that's flying not over Lake end. Michigan. 
properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, R- yeah. Rahm Emanuel will find a way to tax my drone somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so political this episode. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is reality, man. Go on. Yeah, it's this week of photography. I talk about what happens. This stuff affects all of us. Um, I don't know. This stuff is exciting. The 360 degree stuff is really exciting to me because it, it represents another way that people can can kind of do cool stuff. And I, I you know, I, and I go back to what I was saying. I said this on a couple episodes before. Just the idea that you know, even on my screen back there, there's a screensaver playing with these videos that Apple puts out, and even those have no particular story associated with them. Right? It's just pretty you know or you you look at a screensaver or you go on 500px or whatever you see all this amazing imagery and very few of these images have a distinct story or storyline or arc or whatever associated with them something like this vr it's going to be the same thing right we're going to see people's bathrooms their kitchen you know they're at a concert you can look around but what i would love to see is a an, an artistic or even a cinematic execution using these technologies where the technology is instead of a demonst- instead of the piece being a demonstration of hey look at what i can do why not tell a riveting story that makes use of this technology so that you can do something that was never done before hmm. so hey Frederick, right. i got a question for you regarding the, the the vr stuff now do you think the vr stuff is a kind of lean forward or an active um uh you know participation viewing experience versus, you know, for example, the videos you were talking about on the Apple TV, which I love watching, they're mesmerizing, they're mm-hmm. kind of lean back, you know, they're, they're just a passive experience. Yeah. Whereas for this 360, it seems to me that it's a very much an active experience, it's a lean forward experience. I think it's up it, to the author. I think it's up to the author. You could create, you could create a passive experience, like I was saying, with that, with that track that Google built into the spec. Mm-hmm. You could create a passive experience where you could sit back and it would just be like any other video as it meanders through the scene, but you'd have the little icon on there that says, hey, you know, you can control the camera in this video. And... You know, that, that car off to the left, you can go look at that now if you want to. But you so, can't have a passive experience with a big honking goggle in front of your face, can you? No, no, no. You, that would be the, the, the complete, Sharky was talking about, the complete fallback where you have just it embedded in a, in a page like a YouTube video. Right, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, so, or in a background that you, you don't necessarily interact with it, but you have the option of interacting with it. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, and there's things in there like I want to see, I don't know if this is in the spec, but I want to see... I want uh, spatial audio panning as well. I, I'm, I'm 90% sure this is in there so that when I'm looking at something and a bird is chirping off to the left, I want it off to the left. And mm-hmm. as I turn that way and pass it, the bird should be to my right, you know, to kind of. That's got to be in there, right? It's got to kind of make sense. I have to say, I <clears throat> want to say that the um, Apple QuickTime VR had that. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah. And what about yeah. augmented reality? That's the thing I'm really excited about is yes. being able to, you know, kind of like, well, with Google Glass, that really never kind of took off. But yeah, but uh, being able to, to get additional information in your own world and incorporate all that, that. you know, into that yeah. is just going to be really cool. That's the future right there. I don't think we're all going to be wearing goggles all day. And yeah, watching 3D and then just like checking out kind of like you're watching a movie. But I think you're going to be extending your world. I think you hit it right on the head. That's the, that for me, at least, that would be the hurdle with 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 augmented reality is how do you see it? Like if I'm out and about, I'm, I'm running around San Francisco and I'm like, yeah, I want to, girlfriend and I want to find some some place to have a drink, you know. So 
using augmented reality, I, theoretically, I could just look around and say, hey, that place has five stars. This one, kind of, They built this into well, the Yelp app already, right? Yeah, so, you can do this on your phone. And yeah, but you have to years. hold your phone up, you know? But yeah, holding your phone up is, is one thing, but I'm not going to be walking around wearing goggles looking for some place to go <laughs> hang out, you know? <laughs> so short of some kind of ocular implant, it's just not going to happen unless right. you're wearing something. Some, you exactly. know, like the, remember those goggles you used to wear in, in uh, science class over yeah. your regular glasses? So yeah. you look like a, just a real dweeb with those things. But, hey, you're going to be able to see where the hottest bar is. Yeah. Where I could see that is, just like well, I was thinking this with, with Google Glass, I could see this augmented technology come to play in, like, next-generation cars where the windshield can display information tracked on the different things around the car. So I could look over there and see that there's a gas station behind that you know, on two roads over, I can see it because there's an arrow pointing down the gas station over there and it will, you know, have it track as I get closer to it or overlay my map on the actual physical outside world. Or I could see it motorcycle helmets, you know, the glass in yeah. front of it could have information about the motorcycle and the stuff around you, just things like that rather than. There's elements of this in, in modern cars as it is now, but so far no one's done it in that kind of you know, immersive, kind of like you're talking built into the glass experience where you can mm-hmm. look and see where things are. But that's clearly coming. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Cool. I just It just needs to hurry up because I only got a couple decades left here. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you guys see that? Talking about augmented reality, did you guys see that uh, video with Star Wars done with Magic Leap, Magic Leap video? No, no, I didn't see oh that. Oh, my God. That talk about the augmented reality. What they, they, you know, Lucasfilm is working with the folks from Magic Leap which are the ones that created this insane augmented reality video platform that's real-time augmented reality stuff um, where the, the, the virtual stuff interacts with the, with the real stuff. It's just incredible. And there's a link. There's actually a YouTube video where they show uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO talking with this person in this person's like living room. Um, and there's Stie fighters flying around and stuff like that, all interacting with the environment. Really, really neat stuff. Wow. But and there's no it. Jar Jar that, Binks in this thing, right? No thank Jar Jar God. Binks. Thank God, yes. Um, Misa no, thinks he's a, not in it. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely really <laughs> cool stuff. So that, uh, I think, is got me a lot more excited than the, uh, than the 3D VR stuff. That's pretty cool. Hey, hey Sharky, I, I, think, I think I'm not sure, but I think Jar Jar is on the, the ticket in, for the... <laughs> <laughs> for the convention for the convention in November I think he's running for <laughs> is this this week in politics what am I on here oh jeez I'm on the wrong show I love it I love I'm it. trying to build a bridge and you're talking about building walls and all <laughs> that kind of nonsense <laughs> oh my god We've really devolved here. <laughs> See, rest of rest of the world, you know, people outside of the U.S. that are watching this, you know, please, you know, revel in our misery right now as we yes. try to get through this political season through humor. <laughs> My mom went to school with Hillary Did and, and oh, Harrison nice. Ford. Yeah, Maine East High School in Park Ridge, Illinois. I think it was Maine East, Maine East or Mount, Maine South, nice. one of the two. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about RAW and DNG coming to iOS 10. 
I'd like to formally invite you to check out the brand new TWIP School. You've learned so much from the amazing TWIP hosts and guests over the years. Now, within the TWIP School, you can continue that learning and dive deeper on a variety of photographic and business topics. There are already several great courses to choose from in the school, and we will be adding new courses often. Right now, you can learn about fashion photography from Lucas Passmore, Final Cut Pro 10 for photographers, and time lapse with Lee Herbert, marketing for photographers with Zach Prez, and even time travel for photographers with yours truly. And to kick things off, you can check out the school today with a course that we've made available for free for a limited time only, and that's Five Habits of Highly Effective Photographers. It's an inspirational course designed to help you get more done and stay focused. So head over to the brand new TWIP school now at school.thisweekinphoto.com. That's school.thisweekinphoto.com. All right, guys, you've seen it. If you saw WWDC last week, Apple announced that the next version of iOS, meaning all of our iPads and iPhones and whatever iDevices we have, except for, well, I guess the watch isn't an iWatch, but all of our iOS devices will be able to record in DNG. And they went into, I watched, I watched the session on this, uh, you know, the WWDC session that they published, and this is the real thing. This is not like some fake kind of raw wrapper around a JPEG. This is raw data that these things are going to be shooting. In fact, um, let me see if I can pull up this uh, graphic that I had. But I have a graphic that said, yeah, here it is. It says that uh, apps on greater than or, yeah, equal to or greater than two gigabytes that have two gigabytes of RAM will be able to support shots of up to 120 megapixels. Wow. One gigabyte RAM devices, one gigabyte RAM devices, up to 60 megapixels, uh, and photo editing extensions will be able to handle photos that are up to 60 megapixels. So they're going to max out at 120 megapixels on a phone. (laughs) No one needs that many megapixels. (laughs) Right? I know. Hey, I had a Commodore 64. (laughs) Yeah, it's the right code in 64K. What do you need? No one needs more than two megabytes of RAM. No, I mean, but you know, so so one obviously this is cool, right? I mean, more data is better, more flexibility is better. Being able to control better, better control your highlights and shadows, and do all these other cool things that RAW lets you do. That's awesome. But what do you think about this? I mean, is this the first like really really strong step towards the iPhone or iOS devices being professional level cameras? Is this oh, the last there's, run? There's no question. I mean, this is going to be huge. I'm. Really looking forward to it. I have I have lots of friends who shoot um, Android devices who are able to shoot within the Lightroom app, for example, be able to shoot right from the uh, Lightroom app raw files and capture those images in raw format and do all sorts of edits that I have not been able to do mm-hmm. on the iOS devices. I'm an iOS user, so I'm dying for this. To me, this is by far the most important upgrade for iOS 10 or the most important feature of iOS 10. I think it's going to be not just from from the fact that you know just, not just for me but for anybody that wants to really take their images to that next step being able to like you said control those shadows you know control those highlights and bring out those shadows um and, and really capture the the depth and the 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 realism of the scene it's going to be huge uh, there's no yeah. question about it now you know the question is how are we going to be able to access this you know one of the one of the problems with um, the third-party apps is that 
you have to go in and you know go to the to your app folder and launch the app and to take a picture if you want to make a raw file, which makes it really hard to capture those you know candid shots or those off the cuff shots. You can't do that really quickly. You know mm-hmm. the only way you can do that really quickly is with a built in app uh, from Apple. Yeah. So the question yeah. is, will Apple be able to or will allow you to shoot raw files with a built in app, or from what I've read so far, it looks like you have to use a third party app, meaning that they're giving access to developers to the raw data, but the the built-in camera app's not going to have the raw file. Um, that's interesting. That's interesting. I don't, and that's the thing. I don't know. I really don't. I, and I, you know, obviously I haven't tried this. I've just been reading about it and saw some videos, but I don't know if I want raw. I don't know if I want to manipulate a raw file on my phone, maybe on the iPad pro, but on my phone, I'm perfectly fine with it capturing. Like, I want it to act like my, my Lumix cameras do. I shoot JPEG, JPEG plus RAW. So I'm shooting JPEG, JPEG plus RAW. I go sit down at a cafe. I take the JPEG off, play with it. I can put it on social media, share it, whatever. When I get home, I have that RAW file that I can do some serious processing on. I think I kind of want my phone to act the same way. Sharky James, what do you think, man? You want, you want processing in your phone? No, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh my God, you guys I just, are both curmudgeons. I mean, it's fine, but like you know, I've got the the iPhone six plus, and you know, the older you get, the the smaller that screen seems to to be. Right? You're not going to be doing a whole. Yeah, I guess if you pinch and zoom, you could make it happen. But look at the iPad Pro, for instance. You know, Leo Laporte had one. He was kind of eh, about it. Suddenly, being able to have for photographers, I mean, we're talking strictly for photographers here, right? For photographers, being able to it just manipulate raw files on that iPad Pro suddenly makes it more pro. Because before yes. it was just, you know, I think most people, myself, I want to edit photos. I've got a 20, just like you, I've got a 27-inch iMac 5K retina display. It looks great. I want to do all my editing in Lightroom and other programs on there. I don't want to do it on an iPad Pro necessarily. But that's where things are heading. There's no doubt about it. You know, yeah. but for like, for lay people... How does this translate? You know, people that are just using the device to take pictures or whatever, it's not going to say, I don't think it's going to say raw on there. I think it's going to say like high quality or something. And then you can, well, it's just like 4k, you know, you you got, you have to, you have to specifically know how to go in and enable 4k video recording. It's not defaulted as one of the choices. You have to actually go in and turn it on. I think for a reason, because people that care about 4k are going to find it, you know, wherever it is, people that don't care will never even, it won't even bother them. Same with raw. People that have been shooting happily JPEG, you know, for the for the last whatever five ten years or whatever, are going to still be happy. I'm sure they'll upgrade the camera; it'll be better. But for people like us, they're like, "Holy crap, raw!" You know, then we're going to turn that on and be have access to that file. Absolutely, because otherwise, just you know, your phone will get full quicker, and then people oh, will be like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" So it's definitely something you're going to have to be able to opt into with, you know. You'll have to delve deeper into the settings to do that. But I think it's pretty cool. I mean, hey, give us more. Just like with the, you know, the 3D stuff and the VR, you don't have to use it. But knowing it's there, that makes your device that you already have that much more valuable. And like I said, with the iPad Pro, this definitely makes it a lot more pro. Because I think, you know, they have the uppercase P for pro. It really should have been kind of lowercase. Now, now. (laughs) In italics. Now, yeah, now it's it's uppercase P. And it's yeah. bolded and everything. It's starting to get there. Right. So suddenly the, something like the iPad Pro becomes a device that photographers can use to work on the road more. They can maybe leave or start considering leaving the laptop behind when it comes yeah, to editing maybe. photos. Have, maybe. You guys, have, maybe. You guys we'll used, uh, have you guys used Lightroom Mobile on your iPhones? 
Very a little, little, not yeah. enough. Oh not man, enough. I'm telling you, there's so much stuff you can do there. I know. And People I, tell editing, me it's fantastic. It's fantastic editing the JPEG files. You are amazed how much you can get out of them, and just being able to use a raw file, it will be. Fan- I mean, it'll be just be amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, we know already that this camera captures incredible images. Being able to shoot raw, capture raw, and then edit those on the road. I think it's just going to be game-changing. I mean, it's going you know, to be amazing. Hidden, the other hidden sleeper story of this, I think, is uh, the fact that Apple chose to not recreate an Apple RAW format, but right. instead leverage yeah. Adobe's DNG format, thus making the most popular camera on planet Earth record in Adobe's open format for RAW. I think that's a huge deal. A- right? Apple Apple has single-handedly kept the uh, DNG format alive. <laughs> I mean, Adobe really should send a really big basket of fruit over to Apple tomorrow. Really? A basket of apples? Yes. <laughs> That's too meta. And so, so did, um, did I read that it's only the outward-facing camera that's going to be yes. able to, to shoot raw? So, you know, there, there you go. You, can, you know, if you, don't, if you take a lot of selfies, this is not... Uh, we don't need any more selfies and raw. Please. Come on. Thank you, we Apple, don't for not encouraging selfies. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Apple. <laughs> so you're saying Apple is against the selfie, right? Oh, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> we don't yeah. need selfies in DNG format. Thank you. So why did well, they do one, that, though? They could have turned it on for both. Why did they, Why is it turned it's off? It's a lower, for the... lower resolution camera, I would assume. Right, I would, right. my, my mindset, would, my, my thinking would be... You know, you, quality raw altogether. means the best for, the best quality this camera can offer. The the front or the whatever facing yeah. the cheaper camera yeah. is for things that are like right here. Right? And eventually that camera is going to be high enough resolution that they'll probably just flip it on, right? Probably, yeah. And it might be a software thing. Who knows? Yeah. You know, I don't know. One one for the folks out there that don't <laughs> may not know what Adobe's digital negative format, aka DNG, is. Can you just give us a quick synopsis? Hmm, I'm not sure you want me to do that because I'm not too much of a fan of the DNG format. But the idea behind the DNG format really is that uh, Adobe, because Adobe has had to deal with so many digital formats as they deal with uh, the the Adobe Camera Raw, they figured that um, if they could get more companies to adopt a standard format, their their lives would be a lot easier. That's one one reason. Um, The other reason is that you know the the other the the other idea is that some camera companies may go out of business or you may not have software to actually edit those files any longer so if companies were to adopt the dng format that's a format that adobe has made available and open so anybody can actually write to that format and edit that format and read that format so any file that gets saved in the dng format can theoretically be accessible you know, for the till the end of times. And yeah. DNG is a wrapper, right? Kind of like AVI was. So no, it's kind no, of like the, a, isn't it? Isn't it kind of a, something that goes around the raw file that's in there? No, no. The DNG, yeah, DNG is a wrapper, but it's also a format itself, a, a, a way to actually save the file itself. Um, yeah. You know, we could we could actually do a whole episode on what's wrong with DNG and what's good with DNG because there's yeah. things that are good and bad. So, um, because you can you can convert to DNG and it's not gonna it it will essentially take the the bits from the original raw file, create a DNG from them, and now you have a DNG. Or right. you can have you can have like Sharky's alluding to the original raw file encapsulated within a DNG wrapper, so that you have the best of both worlds, but you have a bloated or larger file. Right, right? because you, now you have the DNG and you have the raw file within it as well. 
Yeah, and, and it appears and, as one file, but you have all this stuff going on in right, there. But right, yeah. And, that, and at the end of the day, that may be kind of the you know, I guess a, a good compromise, albeit a, a kind of fat compromise, because you end up with a huge fat file. Because right. one of the problems with the, the WDNG format is that it doesn't completely transfer everything over from the raw files to the DNG file. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there are things, for example, that are proprietary from the different camera manufacturers totally. that are saved in the raw files that the DNG format just can't encapsulate or doesn't encapsulate. So that's yeah, one of the and, things and the manufacturer may, may choose not to reveal that to Adobe for whatever Absolutely. reasons. Yeah. And these are these are things and you know, by no means a complete list, but these could be things like lens corrections or right. chromatic aberration that right. that once it's detected, the camera can automatically remove that, so you never even see it, right? So you or or you have a specific lens camera combination that, whenever used together, does this weird thing. But they counteract that in software when the file is saved, so the user never sees that. When you use DNG, however, it won't know about that math, so you'll you know you end up with yeah. a little bit of weirdness. And there. our friend Don Komarushka talked about this recently. He had a great blog post that we had over on Petapixel talking about how he measures. The snowflakes, you know, he's really known for those. Uh, the snowflakes yeah. he does, ama- no one does it better on planet Earth. And I think, I, I can't remember if it was Lightroom or Photoshop, throws away that information yeah. in the EXIF file that helps him to be able to, so he has to use EXIF tool by someone else to be able to re- retain that information to be able to do those calculations. Right. Yeah. So, and yeah. he, and he, and I, I put him in contact with some folks over at Adobe and he had a conversation with them. I don't know if any fruit came of that, but, you know, in the end, they sent Don, it over to Apple. Well, you know, in the end, Don's a sample size of one, right? So right. if I was Adobe and I had a bunch of things to, on my to-do list and, like, mm. Don Komareczka's on there, I'd be like, we love you, Don, but snowflakes? <laughs> right now We're actually in California, room. dude. Like, <laughs> we don't even have snowflakes. <laughs> yeah, but, but no. yeah, Adobe, Adobe's going to be loving this, the fact that Apple has adopted the DNG format because... I yeah. think single hand, like you said, the most popular camera in the world now saves in DNG format. Well, With just a flick of the switch, DNG is now the most popular, will be the most popular raw format in the world. And that's yeah. remarkable because, you know, Adobe and Apple haven't exactly played oh, along so well with Flash, right? Flash is horrible. I know. You know mm-hmm. R.I.P. Well, Flash. even before that, I mean, the fact that, uh, that uh, Adobe kind of abandoned Apple altogether in their product line, you know, yeah. when, Adobe, when Apple was kind of in the doldrums, they, they kind of pulled support. Even, I mean, I think the only app that was available for a while from Adobe on the Mac platform was Photoshop. Yep. Yeah. You know, Macromedia was, was gone. Everything effort. was gone. You know, it was, it was pretty bad. That was awesome, though. I mean, that was awesome back in, when Steve was around, and you know, he just basically said Flash is crap. And oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you know, and he then there's like, like a okay, dictator. and yeah. he's, pro- and he's proven dictator. right once again, right? And he's proven right. But is Google Google bundles Flash, at least the Flash code, inside of Chrome? So if yes. you want to run Flash, that's that's one of the main reasons I keep Chrome around. You know, is to if I hit a website that needs Flash, I'm like, oh, I've got to boot up Chrome. You know, because right. I don't want to install the, I don't want to pollute safari <laughs> so right, right. i just you know since it's already over there i use that yeah, it, so, it but runs I wonder in its own sandbox that. which is great you know it's yeah. because flash is so full of security bugs that um you know running in its own uh, sandbox inside chrome is the safest way to run to run flash 
Yeah, yeah. Remember all that controversy when when the iPhone came out and they were like, oh we're not going to put Flash on the iPhone because it's a battery hog and all that. And people are up in arms like, all these cool apps that you can write in Flash. And it, the Nobody iPhone didn't. will never survive because you can't create apps for it in Flash. And now we have a, what, trillion dollar industry <laughs> for apps. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember. I mean, I, I was in a lot of those presentations even by Adobe saying, well, this is incredible that um, you know Apple's not supporting this. All these all these Android phones are going to support Flash next month. They're going to support mm-hmm. Flash next month, and then no, really month next month. <laughs> really, no, no, next month. Really, it never materialized, and because yeah. you know the guys at Apple realized what a lot of the other guys from from Android, it took them a little while longer to realize that you couldn't run Flash effectively on a limited power device well and look yeah. at how many photographers had their websites based on flash oh my god right was so it many zen still Vol- do wasn't zenfolio mostly flash there for oh, a while i, or I think it still is, is. Yeah. i think it still you know? is mostly flash yeah squarespace yeah. and everybody else you know, html5 is the way to go right yeah so yeah crazy isn't cool. it crazy i mean this that stuff was happening not that long ago like it was it was it, like in the grand scheme of Universal timescales, that was yeah. a yes. blink of an eye ago. And now we're talking about VR and drones and all this other cool stuff. You know, it's like, that's why I love the space. It's crazy. Yeah, Flash is still around. It's yeah. still around. Yeah, walls are built one brick at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very prophetic. <laughs> that is, did you come up with that, man? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> They're really old school is what I'm saying. I love it. I love it. All right, guys, let's move on. So the story number three is actually three stories. We kind of combined them into one. Uh, one of them comes from our friends over at Petapixel. Oh. Uh, Who are those guys? Yeah. I don't know. There no one's, one's ever been there. No one, no one goes there. It's like, I mean, Six if you count billions of people. <laughs> um but uh, the first story is DXO one. You guys are you guys familiar with the DXO one? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I got some mm-hmm. thoughts on this. <laughs> yeah, I've got one sitting over there. I have a one one sitting over there, um, and it, yeah, I haven't put this update on it yet. But the story is, or this particular story is, they've updated to version one point four, which I think is really interesting. The way that they've they've rolled this update out because they've added lots of really cool professional features to the camera and kind of showed that. You know, this is how you can update a camera like that. That is, you know, its brains live in the phone, essentially. You can update everything through software, and you essentially have a new camera and for free. So with this 1.4 update, they they rolled out a bunch of new features. So, Mike, Sharky, James, I'm sensing some angst here, you know? (laughs) No, you got something to say about the one? <laughs> let it rip. Well, DXO is doing what Fujifilm is, is known for, is giving yeah. you new features. And, and I mean, like I said in one of the last episodes I did, it, Fujifilm gives you uh, features that you would pay for in a, for a new camera. You'd be like, I want to upgrade for that. And they just throw it in there. But the thing that I've seen, I haven't used it much, but I've you know had my hands on this DXO one. And it's, can I say it's notorious for detaching from the iphone at the in, most inopportune times oh no right i mean a really, lot of people yeah. have had problems with that i don't know if they fixed that or not but somebody i can't remember who it was somebody fairly well known put a video up about that and he dropped his iphone and uh, and broke it is it you know they have they worked on that, that that's something you're not going to get in firmware i don't know <laughs> i mean i'd have to I, I haven't seen that video but i'd have to look and say okay 
dude, there's a lightning connector connecting this thing to your phone. It's not a grappling hook, yeah. you know? So I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be walking around holding my phone by the camera expecting that little connector to be passing data back and forth and holding the weight of my iPhone 6S Plus. Exactly. You know? <laughs> like, so at a certain point, Darwin takes over, you know? Yeah. And, and gravity. <laughs> so. Hopefully everyone figures that out at some point, not for, you know, it's too it's late, but... This new update has a lot of cool things in it that it's you know important for photographers like copyright and watermarking info. But you know that's not going to stop thieves, of course. But it's nice to have in there. Yeah, less yeah. clutter, so you can actually see on the screen you know what you're doing without having all this stuff on the screen there for you. It's more neatly organized, etc. But um, you know, I don't think not a lot of people are using DXL ones, right? You don't see them out in the right. wild. So I, much. I, I just I I personally They're don't cool. understand this product. I was I think with you, Frederick, when um, this when we announced this or we talked about this product when the announcement came out on on uh, on the podcast, and I you know for me the the uh, the iPhone is a device that I'm used kind of at the spur of the moment when you know something's happening. Yeah. I can't say to people, hold on. Well, I fetch this thing out of my pocket, plug it on the side, you know, and, and wait for the app to launch and then take a picture. The, the moment is gone at that point. I just don't understand, you know, what the market is here. Certainly not something that I would be interested in. If I'm going to have that process, I might as well just use a real camera. Yeah, um, it's $500. You can get a used, like, Sony RX1. I've got the RX100 Mark right. IV, and it's great, which is a little bit better than the RX100 uh, Mark III, which you can probably get for $500 or under. You've got that in your pocket. Like you said, you're going to have to have the DXO, and you've got your phone, and you have to mate them together, and it's just, you know. Yeah, I think one of, and then one you of, get the, a call, one of the things right? that the hit these guys. The call comes in while you're taking a picture? Yeah. Oh, what happens yeah. at that point? Yeah, that, that actually happens to me all the time when I'm tethered to my Lumix cameras and trying to record a video, and then someone uh, calls. <laughs> right. Airplane mode. <laughs> really? Really? No, but I actually need the wireless to, you know, oh, the airplane true. mode turns that up. Um yeah, but I don't know. You know, it's interesting because when this when the first DXO one hit right after that, I feel like it was like a month after it, or maybe even less. Apple released the next iteration of the phone of the iPhone that had 4K and all this right. other stuff in there. Right? You remember that? Yeah, and oh, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then the DXO launched without 4K. It still doesn't have 4K. You know, it's Granted, still a great not, camera though. It's a great camera, great but camera. I'm, I'm, it's wonderful. But I'm like, I'm like, okay, like. If you have a limited budget and you have to, you have your wampons and you have your amazing shelf full of Sony Alpha stuff, right? And then you have uh, your iPhone, which is as we are learning now, we'll be able to shoot raw like the D- <laughs> like the DXO one. You have that, and you're going out. Like, what do you grab? Do you grab the DXO one, or you just grab your iPhone and say this will be good enough for now? You know, and, or if you're thinking, you know what, I might want some more pro level shots. Okay, Juan Pons is probably going to grab his Sony Alpha. So I'm wondering, like, where it's a great technology and a great piece of hardware, but in the day to day, like our all, all three of us in our day to day worlds, when do you grab that camera versus the other cameras? Sharky, what do you think? When do, when do you grab the one? We we talked about this the last time I was on Twip. I can't remember which product it was, but this is the kind of thing you get when you want to go rogue. You know, maybe you're part of like the maker kind of mindset where you kind of like putting things together, and you want to do. You don't want to be like everyone else that has the little RX100, or you got you're using the iPhone by itself. You want to do something different. This yeah, is different. The, the nonconformist. Yeah, you know? this is for you guys out there. Uh, so, you want to be it's different. It's a cool camera, though. It's a cool hmm. camera, no doubt about it. But you know, I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. So, how, so how much are you using yours, Frederick? 
I, I use it. For, <laughs> he can't even find it, it right now. looking at me. Is looking. I use it from time to time. I don't use it that much. I don't like the when I first got it, and actually even now, its its place was in the center console in my car. So, and my thinking was, I'll never be, I'll never be without a full fledged, high quality camera. You know, it's always going to sit in there. I could either use my iPhone, or if I'm, I know I'm going to be taking some serious shots, I can just grab the XO one, slap it on there, I'm good to go. And it works brilliantly for for that. But what I found is, I'm in that first case where where it's, I'm probably just going to use the iPhone because I'm going to forget that it's in the center console. And if and if it's a purpose, it's a photography mission, then I'm going to. You know, I'm going to do the A-team thing and outfit before I take off. Right. <laughs> and I'll have, yeah. I'll have right. all my stuff with me. So, I don't know. I think maybe it's a backup. It's like that second cell phone you have in your glove compartment, just in case, you know. Yeah. For or, 500 bucks. Or, you bucks. know, it, it, could be, it could be for a great, like a travel photographer, you know, travel for a camera as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want something a little better quality, but you're really, really trying to keep very minimal, you yeah. know, you want something a little better than what your iPhone can do, then that's what you take. But you know, again, for five hundred bucks, I can get a, an Alpha A six thousand for four hundred bucks, and yeah. my God, that is way better. You know, well, with, without lens, though. Well, no, that that would be with the kit lens, the um, sixteen to fifty, which is you know equivalent of twenty four to seventy five. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think at the very least, they're they're innovating in a space that that sorely needed some innovation because the first sure, yeah. the first piece of tech that we had like this that was serious was that Sony Snap-on camera. Remember that? Oh, one yeah. that, oh, that yeah. I forget what it was called. I had one of those and you clamp it on and it was it was the problem, the main problem with that thing was which DXO elegantly solved was that Sony only connected through Wi-Fi. Right. So you had to like pair it. Like, and I used to tell them, like, okay, aliens are landing across the street. I want to get a shot of them. Okay. <laughs> Wi Fi, is on. it on? Okay, they're working together. Launch the app. Did it get? Okay, I got it. Now they're gone. They're, in, they're, they're off into another galaxy. Yeah, then, so. they took Mike already on the spaceship. Now, Fred, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's some testing. The DXO1, on them. <laughs> the DXO1, literally from I want to take a picture to I'm actually ready to take a picture, it's seconds. You. Pick it up, flip that connector out, stick it in, and it will activate your phone and launch the app, and you're ready to shoot. Now, right I can't there. remember. Do you have to take your case off, or can you have – does it work? You have it to works take... with my case. I have okay. this Apple case on mine, and you know it's got the exposed bottom. It works fine mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. works totally You just fine. said exposed bottom on this weekend exposed. photo. I did, and I <laughs> forgot who was on the show. That's right. Me. I was I'm hoping here, it would blow point. over, but <laughs> I'm here to point these things out. Hey, once you open the kimono, it was <sighs> over. Oh, jeez. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Petapixel Photography Podcast. If you like toilet humor, head over. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> hey, we keep it clean over there, but we're all adults. Here. <laughs> yeah, see, we're all adults. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's the news with the DXO one. We'll link to it in the show notes. Go check it out and see what they updated this thing to. It may they it may have been missing a few feature that you needed before you purchased it uh, and it may have it now so go check it out next story like i said is from our friends at petapixel mr sharky james you want to set this up what is what is this new thing hasselblad in two days from now as we record this on on wednesday the 22nd they're gonna have a live event and they're gonna be unveiling something that they say is a world's first now everyone thinks it's going to be <laughs> a everyone thinks it's going to be a, a mirrorless medium format camera and I think that's what it's going to be. I, th- I, th- I think the handwriting's on the wall. Mm. There's enough people. I, th- I thought you were going to say everybody thinks their product is world's first. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they're using words like game changer and over the moon. You know, who knows if that has any, you know, like with Apple and stuff, they, they try to drop these little hints. And you got to remember, Hasselblads were taken to the moon, right, by yes. Apollo astronauts. So who knows if that has anything to do with anything or they're just trying to remind us that Hasselblad was chosen to go to the moon, etc. But they're using the hashtag on their Facebook page. They use the hashtag, hashtag medium format. So we know it's a medium format camera. Hmm. And everyone's thinking it's mirrorless. But here's the thing. What would be the benefit of having a mirrorless medium format camera? Now, video is out, of course. You could talk about focus peaking and such, but no one's shooting square videos. Right. So right. that you know, you, you, no one cares about that. So why have a medium? Why have a mirrorless medium format camera? I think this is just for the guys that can afford guys and gals that can afford Hasselblads, Leicas, etc. That want something cool. And yeah, you're, you're and showing was, the pictures. I was on the now. wrong it page. Looks pretty cool. Yeah. Sorry about that. I was on the wrong story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I'm on the right story. Pay yeah, attention, Frederick. I don't want to have to take this ship over here. <laughs> I was like, this doesn't look like a four by five. No. <laughs> what am I missing but here? It looks really machined. It looks really cool. It's not going to be fifty grand or whatever you know other Hasselblads are. It's going to be pricey. They're, it's uh, they're, they're saying it's more prosumer, but obviously it's going to be on the higher end of the prosumer stuff. It looks really cool. But yeah. if it is, a, um, let me ask you one. If it, you know, you host the Alpha Mirrorless show. Hey, how's that for a plug on your network here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> AlphaMirrorless.com. Great, great show, by the way. I don't miss Thank an you. episode. Thank it's you. great. Um, so if it is a mirrorless medium format camera, why? Just why? Well, I, I, think, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. You know, Hasselblad has taken Sony cameras in the past and literally just rebadged them put the Hasselblad yeah. name on them. They were still the Sony, the same Sony cameras. They just put the Hasselblad name on it. Sony them. sensor. And it, it, well, but it was Sony sensor, but the camera, no, the camera itself was entirely a Sony camera. Um, and they just put the Hasselblad name on it. And then they sold it for like four times as much money. And they sold quite a few of them. So there's, they definitely do have the, uh, the fans out there that will go for it. Um, why a mirrorless medium format? I mean, I'll tell you on the on the workshops that I teach, we do have quite a few people who love their Hasselblads, and they'll bring out these huge Hasselblad equipment, these huge lenses, this gear that I mean, I, I can't even imagine carrying this this gear out in the field because my back wouldn't hold it. But they they just they're rabid. They're rabid about the Hasselblad brand. They look from the Hasselblad or whatnot. So I have no doubt that Hasselblad will sell quite a few of these cameras. Um, You know, whether it's something that it will be groundbreaking, I I don't, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I don't Why why mirrorless? Why mirrorless, though? Why put that in a medium format? It's great. Why put mirrorless in there? But why have, actually, I'm going to turn it around. Why have a mirror anymore? So I think, I I mean, there's no reason to have a mirror anymore. I think they're just capitalizing on the fact that mirrorless is such a hot topic word right now. Um, there well, really mirrorless, is no mirror. mirrors, mirror. the, D, the mirror in DSLRs were, was essentially a hack to get it to work right. I mean, it was a brilliant engineering hack to lift up that mirror, expose, put it back down. That was, that was some mousetrap mechanics going on in there. And now we have, we have sensors that can surpass the emulsions that we had on film back then. So we don't have to do that anymore. Now we can well, do some well, other cool the, stuff. The real reason for the mirror was so that, you know, because before that, what you actually saw through your viewfinder wasn't always perfectly aligned to what the camera was taking because a lot of times mm-hmm. you were looking through a different lens or through a little viewfinder or whatever the the, DS, the, the, uh, the SLRs allowed you to actually see 
what the camera was going to photograph. Now, even then it wasn't 100% because, as we know, some cameras didn't have 100% field of view through the viewfinder as c compared to the film. Nowadays, again, why do you, you don't need a mirror anymore when you can have that sensor there capturing the image? This is what I tell people all the time, and people email in their questions and such. I think the mirror is going to be gone eventually. In the past, when I've had to send in my camera, my beloved Nikon D700 sent in twice, it was never for the shutter. It was always that darn mirror or the yes. mirror box assembly. That is the point of failure so many times. I, I, I don't think I know like maybe two people that have sent it in for a shutter replacement. And you get that done at the same time because obviously you have those actuations on it. But, you know, a lot of people, maybe the, the newer people that are listening to this, the light comes in your lens. It hits that mirror. So, you know, some of the, the light goes up to the, the penaprism, you know, to the, the viewfinder so you can see it, you know, through the eyepiece. And then it also goes down to the, the uh, autofocus module, yeah. right? Splits, And yeah. so with mirrorless, you see it straight off the sensor. You're looking through the viewfinder. And as a teaching tool, it's wonderful. If you're new to photography, this is why I always tell people, consider mirrorless. Unless you're going to shoot something crazy that you need, like, the high-end gear and you need a lot of, you know, like, robust... Uh, weatherproofing and that because the, the the mirrorless stuff's not quite there it's getting there but it's not quite there yet yeah. but as a teaching no, tool it's amazing and so you know you're gonna have a lot of rich people that are gonna afford a mirrorless medium format camera from Hasselblad maybe they're maybe it's so wonderful and so cool and they've saved up their pennies enough and they got like 20 grand or whatever and they maybe don't know photography as much and they want that advantage that mirrorless gives you and I think that's who this is gonna be for and it just yeah. looks cool Hasselblads yeah. are awesome. It was the go-to for many, many decades for wedding photographers. Yeah, it was. Great. It was. You know what's interesting about this thing, though? Um, the fact that, that Hasselblad is innovating and in the news and other large camera manufacturers <laughs> are not. Like, Every time I'm on, we talk about it. Nikon, cough, cough. I haven't said, Cannon. I did not say the word. I'm just saying the Hasselblad is like, you know, like you said, they've been around since, I think Lincoln shot Hasselblad, yeah. right? So they've been around <laughs> for since a World long War II. time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, these, these next generation companies that are out here that own all this market share and hopefully are sitting on bags of cash aren't, don't seem to be doing well stuff. you know photokina the big show that's in cologne germany is coming up this september 2016 and people are talking about canon and nikon both having mirrorless systems and i think yeah. it has to use their lenses that they currently have otherwise game over no right. one wants right. to buy a second set of anything fingers are crossed right. for that but we've been and i know both of you guys have heard this before but uh we uh been hearing that song for a couple for a couple of years, I feel like Lucy and Charlie Brown with the football. Well, but you as know? you know, Nikon <laughs> needs to do something like pretty darn quick, right? I mean, sales oh, yeah. in Especially in the camera Nikon. market. Sony is selling cameras like there's no tomorrow making money. Canon and Nikon not as much. Nikon's not as diversified as Canon, you know. And things are, you know, we all hear behind the scenes what's going on over at Nikon, and it's uh the D five hundreds having a little bit of problems here and there. And I'm hearing from people now and. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I don't know. Just, you know. Yeah, no, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, Canon is a humongous company. They have a lot of other, very diversified. They have a lot of other uh, uh, revenue streams. Nikon is really on the optic side. You know, they do a lot of stuff on uh, on scientific side as well. But, I mean, they're just, I mean, their bread and butter, as I understand it, is is the, the uh, camera market. 
and they're not doing all that well. Just a couple months ago, I believe they bought a company in, I think it was uh, Scotland. That's a, a medical company has nothing to even do with cameras. And then, so they're, you know, they're looking for ways to make money right. and the D 500 amazing camera, great camera kind of reminds me a lot of my D 700, except for it's not full frame, which is neither here nor there. But, uh, you know, now that, like I said, people are saying they're starting to have problems with it. And, you know, who knows what's going on over there. But we got, we got off the topic a little bit. We were on Hasselblad. <laughs> and we never we never do that on Twitter. We, never, we, we never, stay right never. on point. This week in tangents is what this should be called. <laughs> this week in rat hole. We'll still go. Oh, we're going to go down the rat hole, through the rabbit hole, and uh, in the Matrix, the whole all those references. All right. Well, we will take a quick break while Sharky's making his way out of that rat hole. And uh, when we come back, we're going to answer a question from one of our listeners. Hey, folks, just a quick heads up. There are still a few spots left on my Vietnam North to South adventure. Just as a recap, this November 27th through December 10th, I'm taking a small group of 6 to 11 people on an exclusive 14-day photography adventure through the wonderful country of Vietnam in Southeast Asia. The locations that we'll be visiting include Hanoi, Ha Long Bay, Hoi An, Saigon, also known as Ho Chi Minh City, and the Mekong Delta. We have some great activities planned, including photo walks, foodie walks, if you happen to like great food. We'll also visit some of Vietnam's most amazing markets and temples and much, much more. Also, we'll have dinner floating on Ha Long Bay and wake up to the most amazing view you've ever seen. And don't worry, there'll be plenty of free time for you to explore and discover each location at your own pace. And your fee covers just about everything, including all flights within the country, accommodations at conveniently located three and four star boutique hotels, most meals, local guides, air-conditioned vehicles, all entry fees for our group activities, and two internal flights. And the cost for this amazing 14-day, 13-night trip is just $3,899 for double occupancy. Or if you want your own room, just add $599 and you can have your own room with your own privacy. So come join me for the time of your life later this year in Vietnam. And of course, help me celebrate my birthday in the wonderful city of Hanoi. Get all the details and register now at twip.pro slash Vietnam 2016. That's twip.pro slash Vietnam 2016. All right, guys, we are back periodically. We take a question from someone from the Twip Army. This week's question comes from, uh, let's see, Jason Carrasco. And Jason says, I'm curious about your thoughts on 500px on the 500px marketplace is the rate and exposure worth submitting my work for sale in the marketplace or are there better avenues for a photographer just starting out Juan, any any experience with the 500px marketplace well i know when they first opened the 500px marketplace i used to get um, uh, messages from them all the time people wanting to buy my images and license my images you know, that kind of stuff. And I looked at the terms and I was not very impressed with the terms. So I never really did much with it. Um, and I've done quite a bit of licensing in the past. I, um, so for me, I, it just didn't, didn't seem like a great place for someone who's just starting. It seems like it's a great place to get exposure. Um, you know, because a lot of people look at 500 PX, there seems to be a lot of, uh, interest there. So, I mean, I would take a very close look at the terms and conditions on of the marketplace itself and make sure that you're okay with them. But I, you know, as someone who's starting out, it may be a, a easy way to get into the market for sure. Yeah. What about you, Sharky? What do you think? No, he didn't say in the, in that question, I don't think of, um, if he was considering 
going with them exclusively, you know, because there's exclusive licensing versus non-exclusive. Right. But, yeah. you know, like you and I have talked about before, Frederick, Pat Flynn talking about be everywhere, having a be everywhere strategy. If you have all your eggs in the 500 PX basket, which is still a large basket, if someone's not looking for photos on 500 PX, they're just not going to find your photos. Yeah. So you have yeah. to weigh whether or not it's worth it for them to be exclusive and get that higher rate or not. Yeah. Exclusivity. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, I have no thoughts on the 500 PX marketplace because <laughs> I don't have anything in there and I don't really plan on putting anything in there. It's a, uh, I, 500 PX is a, is a inspirational place for me. I go there and hang out and just look at the gorgeous photos that go by. Yes. It's like, it's just ridiculous and, and intimidating, but also inspiring. So <laughs> did so you have any I thoughts on that, on that Pentax, uh, four by five duplicator that, uh, that I skipped that's over? That you skipped over <laughs> that I just brought back. I'm just wondering if you had any thoughts on that. We could talk about it. I was skipping over it, to, you know, in the interest of time. Okay, well, we can skip it all together because it's kind of, but, you know. But now that, now that you've brought it up, I feel obligated that we should talk about it. The kimono was open and I saw it. You were always thankful that you were skipping over it. And, and Mike over here was just looking forward to that story. Frederick's dinner can wait. <laughs> All right, here we go. Boom. All right, Sharky James, take us into this Pentax 4x5 film duplicator that I have on the screen. All right, well, this is some weird kind of contraption that really these things have been out forever, you know, where you can, uh, you've got old slides and, and film and that sort of thing, and you can digitize them and such. But, you know, honestly, if you still have a shoebox, if you can even find it with all your old negatives and stuff, I'd be surprised if you haven't already digitized those. Yes, and if you buy me. one of these things, you just say goodbye to your weekends and evenings for at least like two to three years or so. You know, your family. <laughs> yeah, aren't there, there places that you? There are places. Uh, that's what I did. I just sent the scan cafe the and other places. Right? Well, yeah, exactly. Right, I sent cafe. them all my stuff, and it came back on discs. Just and, you know, and, and I think that was back then. Now they'll just give you a login, yeah. and it's online. This right? is the hey, great guys. thing. These days we shoot like crazy, and we have tens of thousands of photos to deal with. If you've got stuff on film and slides, unless you're a pro, you you know you probably don't have as much of those to deal with. Go through, call those down. Take it to a service bureau in your town or, or ship it off. And, of course, you know, if it gets lost in shipping, you're kind of out of luck. But these kind of – and this is cool if you if you want to tinker with this kind of thing. But otherwise, skip it. Hey, guys, I, I think you completely missed the story here. Uh-oh. Oh, I'm, I'm hey, don't say on. guys. Don't say guys. I completely skipped this story no, and Sharky true. James. <laughs> hey, blame Bruce for putting it in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, the story for me is here is how out of touch Pentax is. I mean, this is a brand new product from Pentax. This is the latest and greatest from Pentax. A four by five film duplicator. Are you serious? They're taking their, you know, their, their cues from Nikon, who had what uh, leather and stainless steel hot shoe covers because they're making so much money that they have time to mess with that kind of nonsense. Right. I mean, yeah. it, to me, it's just, I, I just, I understand they're trying to service a market that they may already have. But my God, really spend your spend your efforts in trying to come up with some really innovative products. They have some okay, really one, cool cameras, one, though. One, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to uh, like go to Pentax's defense on this. Okay, <laughs> this is what Pentax is coming out with this ridiculously cool full frame DSLR, 
here that does stuff. And we talked about this on Twitter before. It does stuff that other DSLRs dream about. This is so. like that Samsung camera that was out. I can't remember what it was the NX one right. or something mm-hmm. that had, that everyone was saying. I, I didn't have a chance to use it, but a lot of people were like, "This borrows a little bit from Canon, a little bit from Nikon, a little bit from yeah. Sony." And a lot of people are saying a lot of great things about this Pentax camera. And there are tons of lenses out there that yep. you can get on the cheap. So I think yep. this new Pentax, you know, when this thing's out, this is going to be a, a hot seller for them. And they probably think they have time for side projects for duplicators for the five people exactly. out there that and still one, haven't done one it. Of the, this thing does, like like Shark was saying, this thing does a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, let me get out of it. Off that screen. It does a bunch of cool things. One of the cool things that it does, you know, like, uh, what is it? Uh, I don't know. My Lumix cameras, Olympus, and and other brands, they do the image stabilization by moving the sensor on eight axes, you know, to, right. to uh, counteract the motion. This thing will move your sensor on a Z-axis so that you can, like for people like Don Komarechka that are doing minute, you know, really like detailed focusing on a bee's eyelash type work. You can you can lock your camera down and move the sensor or the focal plane of the shot rather than the whole assembly itself. That's so that, cool. Yeah, those kind of things. They, on this camera, they added illuminated dials. Imagine that, right? So now your dials light up in the dark room. Wow. <laughs> like, I'm like, why didn't anyone else think of this? Yeah. So sorry, Juan. I had to. No, uh, no, that, that's okay. I still think <laughs> I still think this is going to be a niche product, even the camera itself. Um, you know, you're not seeing Pentax. Uh, one of the problems that a lot of these companies have is that they're still dependent on a few other companies to produce the sensors for them. Yeah. And you could have all the bells and whistles that you want on these cameras, but you know, at the end of the day, we're talking about image quality, right? And this is one mm-hmm. of the problems with with Nikon, as we talked earlier, is that they're dependent on Sony for their sensors. Yeah. yeah, you know, so you're going to depend on Sony, who's your biggest competitor, also for your for the heart of your camera. I'm not sure mm-hmm. that that's a winning strategy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but can you see Sony? You you brought it up. You opened a can of worms. Can you see Sony saying uh, no more sensors, Nikon? They must have some kind of deal oh, no, where they no, have no. to give them advance warning. No, that's money. And such. that's, that's oh, a yeah, lot yeah, of money but, right there. But guess what? Yes, absolutely. But guess what? They are going to keep the best and top of the line sensors for themselves. Yeah, in the DSLR market. Yeah, I mean, of course they're going to give them to them. You know, you see the these 36 megapixel sensor on like the D810 and whatnot, which is an incredible sensor, but it's the previous generation of what you're seeing on the A7R2. Yeah. So Juan, do you think you think uh, the Sony Alpha cameras are actually here to stay, or what? What do you think? <laughs> no, I think they're flashing the pan. <laughs> flash just the pan here to capitalize on it while they're. But while they're I want to ask you, Pond, since I got you got you on here, and I'm not on your show. But um, do you eventually the the innovation? Wow, you guys are on a last name basis now. He called you Pond. Pond, I know, I know. But <laughs> I, I said very Juan. few people do that. I thought I said Juan. I don't know. We're gonna have to no, roll that. No, you said you said Pond. Yeah. Tape digital. Uh, but <laughs> um, the innovations are eventually going to have to slow down for Sony, right? I mean, I think my belief, and I've been saying this for a couple of years now, is that to compete with Canon and Nikon, et cetera, they had to throw everything at the wall and see what stuck and innovate, innovate, innovate to get market share, mind share, et cetera. But eventually it's going to have to slow down to get to the point where they're coming out with things probably a little faster than Canon and Nikon, who've been le- resting on their laurels for a long time, have been doing but, uh, you know, by then, like, like we said, is Nikon going to be much of a player? They might innovate their way into making Nikon largely irrelevant in the future. Yeah. And then it'll be Canon. I tell you, I said this on the podcast recently. 
2016, especially watch Photo Keen at 2016, the second half is going to be pivotal. Everyone behind the scenes keep tell, keeps telling me this year is the year that largely is going to determine who the players are going forward in the yeah. camera business. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be seeing a whole lot of shifting sands in, in, in the, you know, the industry that we love. Oh, I, mm-hmm. and, 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 I, and I completely agree with you. I think the, you know, we can talk all the bells and whistles that we want about the cameras. At the end of the day, it's all about, at least for me and for a lot of people, it's about image quality. And to be yeah. perfectly honest with you, that's what made me go to the Sony Alpha system. It wasn't, you know, the ergonomics for certain, definitely not the menus in the Sony system. <laughs> no, um, no, you know, never. the Sony has a lot of things going against it. But the one thing that it has for it is the quality of the images that it produces, the sensors. And Sony is by far the largest sensor manufacturer in the world. They put more more money and time in R&D on the sensors than anybody. I think I, I think I read somewhere that more than any all the other players combined in the market. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I have to say that the, they're taking that market so seriously and they're spending so much time and effort on those sensors that, you know, at least for the time being, at least for, you know, I don't know, maybe next decade or so, they're going to be at the forefront of that image quality uh, image quality line. The other stuff, it's nice, but you know, to me, at the end of the day, it's all about the image quality. Love it. All right. And and the fact that you host a show called Alpha Mirrorless is, does not make you in any way biased. Just saying. Just saying. Is there going to be a Hasselblad mirrorless, though? Right. No. <laughs> no. For the five guys that tune into that. Uh-uh. No. No. Not going to do it. You'll be personally invited to listen. All right, Juan. Juan, I'm going to give you a chance to redeem yourself on that uh, on that Pentax comment. Uh, what's your what's, We're going to move into the picks of the week segment. What's your What's your pick of the week? Well, my pick of the week is actually a brand new product by Really Right Stuff. I mean, I love the the products from Really Right Stuff. They came out with a mobile phone clamp and stand. It is the most engineered, um, ridiculously engineered um, mobile phone clamp and stand that allows you to Jeez. you know use your phone on a uh, on a tripod or on its own little um, stand as well. Uh, it will make it so much easier to use your phone um, very easily on uh, any kind of tripod device or on its own. And it's now, you know, is this not that dedicated is to one. Look at yeah, that. not dedicated to any one the phone. It can actually work on just about any phone that's out there because it's more like, like a clamp than anything else. Yeah, that looks like it was designed by Stark Industries. Yes. Say. I mean, so everything cool. that these guys do, that Really Right Stuff does, is your top of the line. It's not cheap, but it's the best, absolutely best mobile phone um, clamp and stand out there. Well, well, this is the one that I use right here, Juan. So uh, it looks very similar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have one of those, too. I have one of those, too. And, you know, it works fine. In fact, mine comes in red. So. <laughs> and what's the price differential between the two? Well, as you say, what's the delta? What's the delta? Yeah. 30 bucks. 30 bucks. I'm just saying. 30 yeah. bucks, Juan. And how much oh, yeah. is the other one? Hey, the other one? It oh, can wait go up to 200 it. bucks. Look at that. I could buy Whoa. oh I could buy one. There's a thirty buck one. Or I could spin and get the Wampons, also known as Pons edition, for two fifteen. That is quite the range they have there. Twenty eight yeah. to two fifteen. What do you get for two fifteen? Like what a sure well, it actually it also has a little tripod that comes out that you know, like a little pocket tripod. So I think that's where the two fifteen gets you as well. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. I'm gonna have to recommend this. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do have I do have the Sidekick 360, and it's okay. It's not as good as the really ice stuff. Yeah. I can tell you, but it's it, it, but it's okay. Yeah. Yes. I mean, for the amount of times that I need to stabilize my camera uh, or my phone as a camera, it's you know it's fine. I wish it was smaller though. I want I want something that's like can just like collapse down like a transformer into like a single sheet that I can put into a pocket in my in my camera bag. But I don't know. I'm wishing. Look at that. All right, cool. That's your pick of the week. Really right stuff. The, the mobile phone clamp stamp that's in competition with the Sidekick 360 from Mifo. <laughs> <laughs> so is that your pick of the week, the Sidekick 360? I should. I mean, I'm taking that to I'm taking it to Chicago. That's with a me. bonus. <laughs> I love it. I love my yeah, and it's and I got it in red too. <laughs> All right, Mike, what is your pick of the week, man? All right, for those that are watching episode 470 on thisweekinphoto.com or on the YouTube channel. I've made my lower third go away so you can see. I'm wearing a t-shirt. The, 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 the pick is not the t-shirt, although you can get one and, and help donate. The veteran, Stand up a little bit so we can see it. The Veterans Portrait Project. There you go. Yes. So this was started. You know, you were in the United States Air Force, as you know, and you were a combat photojournalist. So she, this was created by Stacy Pearsall, a, a now retired U.S. Air Force aerial combat photojournalist. While she was recovering for injuries that she sustained in Iraq way back in 2007, you know, she had a lot of time on her hands there while she was recovering. And she thought, you know what? I'm around all these wonderful people that are serving our country. And I want to thank you guys, by the way, for, you know, for uh, serving. Um, you are welcome. So sir. she, you know, she, she's been in over 40 countries and on three combat tours. She was two time military photographer of the year, bronze star medal recipient and a bunch more. And like I said, while she was recovering, she had the idea to document these heroes that, you know, many of them, uh, you know, have are physically changed, mentally, emotionally changed from what they saw and what they experienced in war. And as Stacy says um, about this, the Veterans Portrait Project aims to promote awareness of American veterans through the art of photography, videography, printed exhibits and community events. And if you want to be part of this, if you want to donate, you can go to crowdrise.com slash Stacey Pearsall. And we'll probably have the link in the show notes over at thisweekinphoto.com. And, uh, you know, I just think it's a great organization that she's done over 5,000 portraits so far. She's working her tail off, getting this stuff done. I know some people are going to give me crap now for saying tail. Didn't mean it that way, folks. Working her butt off. <laughs> There's always the trolls out there. That are, you know, they pick apart everything. <laughs> Sorry, Stacey. You know, I'm tired of, of people being politically correct. <laughs> you can see me. I think I got a little redder on the on the on the uh, on the video here. So uh, yeah. that's a hey, thisweekinphoto.com episode 470. Check it out. But she's doing yeah. a lot of great things, and her her she's just an amazing photographer. She's so wonderful, so kind. Everyone that meets her, whether it's online or in person, loves her. Juan, for instance, has met her. Juan's got a story, right? You flew with her. Yeah, I flew with her um, in Hawaii, actually, on a helicopter many years ago. So very, very nice person. Very, um, you know, she actually took us up and uh, gave us a tour of uh, in Maui. Pretty, pretty cool. Wow. Very, very nice person. And she was in in the throngs of this uh, by, by then also. Very wow. cool. Yeah, she's been doing so, it since 2008. So like I said, if you want to donate, CrowdRise, C-R-O-W-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash Stacy Pearsall. And you can donate. You can get a T-shirt. I bought this. She didn't send it to me. She wanted to, but I said, no, I'm giving you my money and yeah. uh, trying to do what I can. You know, I wanted to be uh, 
I wanted to be an Air Force pilot. And <laughs> at six foot four, the recruiter was like, son, we just don't make cockpits for your size people. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> which they don't. Awesome. If you've met if you've met pilots, they're tiny guys, yeah. really intelligent, yeah. small guys, kind of like aliens if they exist, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's yeah. something to it yeah. there. But um, yeah, Veterans Portrait Project, and you can go to veteransportraitproject.com. You can donate. You can see all the wonderful photos. You know, and then just in general, as photographers, having a project is something that can help you grow as a photographer become a better photographer. A lot of people are, are asking, like, what can I do? You know, I've, I've hit a brick wall with my photography. Go, fo- I was going to say go shoot. Go photograph the veterans in your area. No matter what country you're in, it doesn't have to be the United States. Go document these people that have served your country. And it's a great, wonderful opportunity to create portraits of them that they might not have otherwise. Yeah. So veteransportraitproject.com. So what did what did you get for your donation? Was it the T-shirt and and I, I didn't I didn't even click on the on the website. I I just told her I said, listen, I want to make Veterans Portrait Project the my pick of the week next time on Twip, and um, can I have a T-shirt that I can wear on there? I will pay you for it. She wanted to send it to me. I'm like, no, 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 no. Here it is. So I think it cost me twenty five dollars with shipping. Um, I'm sure you can get. Uh, I think she said you can get embroidered T-shirts, uh, screen printed ones, pretty much whatever color you want. And uh, I think it's just a great way to, you know, like photographers, right? I mean, we're, we're mostly a T-shirt crowd yeah, and can't have enough T-shirts. Why not, you know, help donate to this and you know, get a T-shirt that you can wear proudly. And, uh, you know, it's fun stuff. You know, it's, it's my way of giving back. Love it. Love it. All right. I, and awesome. I want one of those shirts. So I think I will donate. There you go. There you go. All right. Cool. Um, I have a pick of the week, which I didn't list in here because it just arrived today. So the uh, we all like camera bags, right? So oh, <laughs> it's a yeah. sickness, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so a I was I, I was having like a kind of weird, um, you know, unnatural relationship with my everyday messenger camera bag because I love it so much. I have all my stuff in there. It goes everywhere with me. It's from Peak Design. It's that you know that that bag that. Trey rack garnered like a million dollars. Yeah, Trey's thing. Yeah, yeah. like a million dollars in their Kickstarter. Let me let me show it on the screen. Here. It's a great bag. I don't I have it, but it is a bag. great, great bag. Yeah, there it is, right there. So there's the Everyday Messenger bag. It comes in those two colors. The only problem I had with the bag was it was just a little bit too big. It was a little bit on the big side. And I guess I wasn't the only one because the Peak Design people came out with a fifth a 13 inch version of the bag nice so yeah and it's like perfect it's it feels like it's a half the weight but it's not but it's light has all the stuff that i had in my other bag in this bag and it's smaller it's just like it's like the right size for me now, so does that fit a 13 inch laptop in there too is that, yes you, yeah you and I martin bailey were a, talking about on. that i put a 13 inch laptop in it and an ipad pro wow. a lumix gx8 three lenses an audio kit uh, a, a, and a bunch of other stuff. So that's in the that, bag you want to grab if you see it on Frederick. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one. That's You're like, gonna make everything, grand. You, everything you just listed, that's now yours. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. it's insured. Yeah. And so. a brand new bag. And a brand new bag. And a great new bag. Yeah, so I'm excited about it because it's, you know, A, it's a new bag and I'm a photographer and we, we kind of like our bags. But, uh, but it, it works. I mean, it's one of the only, I love the other bag and I'm still going to keep it. I think the big bag is perfect for long trips when you want to carry a bunch of stuff and then 
offload it to your hotel room and then go out. This one is perfect for just every day, right? I'm going out, I got my stuff in there, and I don't have to worry about, okay, is that bag too big or whatever. I just have everything in that little bag, so... Nice. I am happy with it. I am Great. Very Especially happy. if you got the smaller mirrorless stuff. It's perfect, right? Yep. Yep. And I do. I carry the smaller mirrorless stuff. <laughs> I see all your old stuff right up there on the, in the cabinet still. Where? Up where? <laughs> where do you see it? All the depreciation up there, <laughs> all the Nikons and everything, right? Oh, no. The Nikons are downstairs in the two no, put on Amazon cabinet. Oh. <laughs> yeah. These are all Lumix cameras. These nice. are all Lumix. Oh, yeah. look at that. Yeah, there's my Good Lumix deal. Lumix row, and then over there are my non-traditional cameras. So I have, uh, you know, the 360, the DxO, and the Osmo back there. So since so. we last talked, you got rid of all the depreciation. You were talking about them all leaking depreciation or leaking value no, as you go. They're they are downstairs in a cabinet that is labeled to go to Amazon. <laughs> so wow. They're they're going to be put on Amazon FBS, but I just haven't gotten around. to No it more yet, Nikon so. for you, huh? So I haven't. I literally haven't clicked the shutter on any of my Nikon gear in about two and a half to three years. Wow! So I think it's probably time to let it go. Don't worry about that Nikon. If you're listening, that is not a sign. No, hey, (laughs) it's just one man. (laughs) I'm a sample size of one, but the leader of an army. (laughs) But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. saying. (laughs) Kim Jong. Oh, yeah. This Week in Politics is brought to you Uh, by... Hey, you know, what? You know, it's not political. (laughs) (laughs) It's just accurate. It's just accurate. All right, guys. uh, We're at the end of the show. I know Juan's one. I can see that I want to go eat dinner look in your face. (laughs) (laughs) I need to fill... I need a beer is what I need. (laughs) Oh, see? Dude, you got to learn. Veteran podcaster. Hey, well, I I had mine. I just, you know, I finished it. I just need another one. Uh, Costco oh, water. you're trying to get to the restroom then. That's well, see, what no, no. I, I need. I need a cooler right here, right by my desk. <laughs> I do too. I totally do. Then I would never leave my office. Well, that's true. <laughs> but all that lemonade just in the need... bottom of the cooler, what's going on there? Exactly. I just need like a catheter and an IV drip oh. and I'm good. Oh, I was just, I was hoping people would just go, is he really talking about that? And you brought it right back. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah, yeah. He, now, had, yeah, to it, no, he had to make doubt. it clear. Yeah. This is, this is the real world. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sharky James. That's all I got to say. Sharky James. Sharky James, Sharky James. Got a Pixel Photography Podcast. Uh, Juan Pons, man, where can uh, where can people go to catch up with you, and what do you have coming up? Uh, well, you can always find me at my website at juanpons.org, or Facebook is where I'm most active on social media, and that's uh, facebook.com. Yeah, <laughs> facebook.com slash juanpons, or on the Alpha Mirrorless Podcast, and you know that's an ongoing project of mine, the Alpha Mirrorless Podcast, always recording. Um, actually, I still have to publish our podcast for today. I have it, we have it recorded and everything. I just need to, you know, get on editing that and posting it. And I have a bunch of workshops coming up. I have a Scotland workshop, Acadia. We actually announced an Antarctica workshop um, going mm-hmm. on in uh, December of 2017, and it's almost sold out already. Wow, 80 spots, yeah. and we sold them out in less than two weeks. Yeah, because people want to see it before it's gone. <laughs> yeah, because it's all melted away. It's You're almost right. an ice cube by this point. So, yeah. I want to say, Juan, you recently had my friend Miguel Quila, Sony Artisan Imagery, on your show. And that oh, was yeah? a great, jam-packed, un- wall-to-wall information episode. Yeah, no, Miguel, Miguel was knows great. his stuff. Yep. It was great. Yeah, he was, he was great. And uh, we've had a lot of questions from folks regarding Flash 
um, with the alpha mirrorless cameras. And, you know, at the end of the day, it turns out these are no different than any other camera. I think it throws people off that these cameras have the multifunction shoe and they think they need something fancy. But it's they're just like any other camera. You can use, you know, the, the, the Sony uh, Flash or you can use a lot of the third-party ones just as well. So, um, so yeah, no, thank you for uh, recommending Miguel. He was great to have on the podcast. No problem. Very cool. Awesome. You guys are busy, man. And Juan, let me let me just take this opportunity to tell you that you guys, you know, I'm I feel like I I before I felt like a proud father launching <laughs> Alpha Mirrorless. But now I feel like the father like the kid has gone on and started his own company and like done all this stuff and you're you know He's Steve Jobs. Like, Is that what you're saying? He's yeah, Steve Jobs. Almost, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's a great yeah, show. It's, it's awesome. It's a great, it's... great show. Even if you're yeah. not into Sony gear. Or just mirrorless, just to just to learn all the new the things that are out there. You can't be a yeah. completely informed consumer and know, you know, <laughs> the, the, you know. You gotta like you gotta see what you you gotta know what you don't know. And Alpha Mirrorless is a great show to learn that. You're oh, there, thank the curators. You. Thank you. Very cool. Look at Juan's head getting big over there. Thank you. Oh, enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really need that beer now. Almost blocks it. <laughs> Is that, Juan and his lower third. correction on your lower third, Juan. It's like, you know, it's bowing out a little bit. All right, cool, Juan. Well, thanks for coming on again, man. I appreciate it. Oh, the time. always. I enjoy being here and, uh, you know, and, and really enjoying doing the Alpha Mirrorless podcast, too. So if you guys haven't checked it out, make sure to go, out, go to alphamirrorless.com. Perfect. All right, Mike Sharky James. What's going on with you, man? You know the Petapixel Photography Podcast keeps me busy, as you know. That's a, it's I've my it's it. my full time gig. So we do two shows a week. Is uh, that your full time job? Wow, that's, that's my full time gig. So you are you are a professional podcaster. I'm a professional podcaster. So uh, you know this is a little inside baseball, but we're at the level download wise. We're in the in the five figures per episode. So that could be anything from ten thousand to nine thousand, nine nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine, right? Is that including the decimal point, or you're like <laughs> we're over ten thousand and we're under a hundred thousand? So you know, if you get to that level, you're that's, in. <laughs> that's a marketing. Wait, that sounds nar- like some of our political candidates in the polls. <laughs> Thank you. So right back to politics again. <laughs> All right, Frederick, out with the numbers. What are you doing? Download. No, no one's going to talk about it. No, but uh, we're, listen, we've been we've been blessed, and so. Uh, you know, if you get to the the level that we're at and you're at and stuff, we're in the top five percentile. Like, you know, ninety five percent of all their podcasts, and there's three hundred thousand of them out there, and there's hundreds of uh, photography ones, and a lot of great ones um, aren't doing the kind of numbers we are. And that is, I guess, you know, it's, well, it's partly because of the show, obviously. But we have we have great audience, and they like my, they like my weirdness. Why do you have me on the show every three, four, five weeks or so? Because I. You know, I because you're awesome. I, I'm why. fun. Yeah. I have a lot, I, a lot of stuff to complain about. But it's, it's you're you're you are the, you are the perfect mix of of uh, comedy, uh, uh, intelligence, and passion about the art form. Thank you. And knowing how to work you, on the you, mic. You know, I was going to say he's the Andy Rooney of photography. Oh, right. <sighs> wow. And I got to grow go. the grow the the uh, the, the, the big eyebrows. Yeah. Big eyebrows. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say Mickey Rourke. <laughs> I'll do it. Have you ever wondered why Nikon's not doing so great? <laughs> there you go. Exactly. You ever wonder that? 
Yeah. He used to Andy Rooney. All the young kids. Go look on YouTube. I'm sure there's one yeah. or two Andy Rooney videos. Yeah, see, that. now yes. all the people that were like, I'm going to tune into that show are like, you know what? Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Great. No, no, no. He's completely great. alienated me with that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some humble bragging or just plain old bragging. You know, like I, I should, exactly. uh, Sony Artists and Imagery, Brian Matias, just said a couple weeks ago on his show, uh, he has a great show called The Photo Show on, that he does live on Facebook. And uh, he's over at, working at Wacom now, too, by the way. So a lot of fun stuff oh, he's I doing. I Brian yeah. moved to Wacom. Uh, also known as, he hates this, Mr. Nicole Z. He's, he's married to Nicole S. Young. Nicole Z, everyone loves her, of course. And, and Brian's a great guy, Ooh, yeah. too. He had such wonderful things to say. I think it was episode 14 of, the, of, of his show um, about our show. And so, um, you know, I just, I, I just happened to develop a show that people like because I'm weird. And it's like, you know, all the things that you said and pat, pat, pat. And just, you know, I want, we want to have fun. We wanna, I want to inform you about what's going on in the photography world. Um, I was a photojournalist for many years, so there's a lot of my experience in there. My weird humor, stupid dad jokes, you know, r- repeating jokes, inside jokes, all kinds of weird stuff. Like and, politics? Yeah, like <laughs> politics. You know, like in iTunes, we've got combined, I think, over like 1,200 ratings and reviews. There's some more humble bragging, and they're all, it's like almost five stars. And I guess that's for a reason, I guess. So what I'm yeah. saying is go check it out, petapixel.com, P-E-T-A-P-I-X-E-L.com, slash podcast will get you there. Your favorite iTunes, you know, whatever iPod Whatever you're you're consuming on, um, just go ahead and type in Petapixel and you'll find us. So they'll find it. You can't you can't miss the pixel. So that's one one of the things I'm doing. And since this is going to be an ongoing thing, I have a feeling since uh, my first episode of Twip, I was on episode four sixty, I think it was. Uh, still writing those books, you know. If you ever <laughs> don't, oh. if you don't ever write a book, <laughs> don't ever just write. Just unless, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that do it out there. Great, I've got one here from Rick Salmon, his latest book, Creative Visual, oh, or whatever Rick, it is for photographers. Rick is a and book machine. I he, think he's got like 400 books out or something. Yeah, right? 465. I, I, I don't know how he, he takes. How does he actually take pictures and still write books? Because these things are like an it's like an inch thick and it's like packed full of info. So that hey, there's a bonus pick right there. Um, so I'm, I'm writing a couple books and then also, um, you know, you can follow me on social media. I'm lens shark everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, the Instagram, as we old people say. So love it. Frederick's still beating me. If you remember, he threw down the gauntlet. I checked right before the show. He's at 15.1 thousand followers on Instagram and I'm at 15. Oh, I was at 13.7. I've come on strong, but. I need to increase that lead. I <laughs> fell right before the finish line. Yeah. But you know, as far as as far as podcast numbers go, you know, Twip, we are we are heading towards the one million downloads per day mark. <laughs> just saying you know or i mean maybe two million downloads per day you know it's, it's just, there's so many you can't count yeah we're somewhere between zero and two million downloads per day i'm just saying hey, all the podcasters out there that are listening to this are like what wait what oh well yeah no, no that's no no one does that uh-huh yeah 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 it's not gonna work are there two million podcast listeners out there? Yeah, because Tim Ferriss has them all. That's right. Oh, <laughs> hardcore history. Uh, what's his name? Dan, uh, whatever his name is. He does like five million downloads per episode. It's something ridiculous. I love it. I love Great it. Great show. You got to love this medium. Show. You got it. All right, guys. Well, we are at the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. Thanks to both of you guys for coming on. Whenever, whenever we do one of these shows and it goes fast like this, you can tell it's a good show. 
Because it's like, dude, we've been on for almost two hours. Again, <laughs> Sharky James. Sharky James. Shark- Sharky James. Sharky James, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, Juan, I mispronounced James. Juan Pons. Yeah. It was Juan. Yeah. It's all Juan. Yeah. Juan Pons. <laughs> Juan's Pons. great. It's finally great to meet you, Juan. Same here. Same person, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you guys are great. Uh, listeners and TWIP Army members, be sure to visit our brand new school at twipschool.com. Where's my URL? Look at this. Wait. No, there, Boom! There yeah, oh, come Futura. visit us at the <laughs> TWIP School. And you can check us out, all of our all of our shows, including Alpha Marilis, over at thisweekinphoto.com. Let's see if I can put that up there. Look at that. Oh, thisweekinphoto.com. You can check us out. Uh, you can tell I'm experimenting with this <laughs> overlay thing in the Hangouts. Hopefully it's coming through. It may not even be recording. Who knows? <laughs> so, and also if you're on YouTube, uh, be sure to comment, like, and subscribe to these episodes. And gentlemen, with that, it is time to take that lens cap off. This Week in Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. <laughs>